0: This is your host Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Loan Care and Gardening, speaking about all things loan care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Loan. Total Loan provides scientifically engineered loan care products to homeowners, hobbyists and loan care professionals. The range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your loan looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Loan products for my customers and on my own loan and I think you should too. The team at Total Loan put quality above anything else when they're producing their loan feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best loan possible. Try Total Loan today at totalloan.co.uk and use code JROCKLOANECARE at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Loan are so confident in their products that you can use them on your loan, and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totalloan.co.uk and transform your loan. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another J-Rocks Loan Care and Gardening Podcast. Here we are on episode number 49, named Quoting Work." So I just want to thank you all for tuning in this week, and I also want to apologise again for being slightly late with the podcast last week, a few days behind, but as I'm sure you're all aware that are sort of in the industry, you know, it is mighty rush season where just the phone's ringing and the jobs keep on coming. So with that sort of thing, I just want to, you know, it's no excuse, but we are back here on the Saturdays releasing the content and getting it pushed over to you, and that is the main thing here. One thing that I've massively learned through or learnt through this whole process is that everyone kind of takes away something slightly different from each episode. So, you know, what I plan into a a 30 to 60 minute podcast and I'm speaking about a generic topic, there is quite often the the people that come out and reach out and get in touch, they're they're often talking about different things throughout that whole podcast and it just shows that we're all at different stages, you know, there's people out there that are just looking to get started up soon this year, or maybe they just haven't pulled that trigger yet. People that's been going, they're in the first year and still trying to get through the jungle of problems that you first hit. Or you might have been going five, ten years and just been out the loop a little bit with different ideas, or you might be old school and some of the social media stuff kind of helps you. Whatever it might be, you know, I get a range of feedback saying that it helps in a lots of different ways. So thank you very much for all those that do tune in and for the people that tune in on the Saturdays without fail and, you know, they get straight to it. Another thing that I kind of learned from the last one was that people listen in lots of different locations, you know, and there's a lot of preferences on on where people like to tune into podcasts. You know, I often thought it would mainly be while you're working and you'd be in a border somewhere or sat in a moor with your headphones in and you know you'd be taking on these sort of tips or these conversations while we're while you you know you keep them busy, and it often seems the case that there's people that as soon as they get up and have the morning coffee in the morning they chuck it on Alexa or Google or whatever it might be, and that's how they listen to the podcasts, or you know you might be in the bath as someone told me last week, or you know I want to walk with the dogs whatever it might be, and it's just you know it's a really it's humbling to hear that people are out there listening to it through normal days in their lives doing whatever you guys and girls are doing so however you do listen whatever platform you listen on the support is absolutely appreciated and i do feel like time and time again i need to push that across to you because the the only apart from you sending me a message seeing these reviews go up whether it's spotify itunes whatever whatever platform you listen on you know that's the sort of instant feedback where it gives the show the quality. You know, I can produce all the content in the world, but if no one listens to it, then it, it doesn't mean anything. So, thank you very much for tuning in. The reason why I'm talking about quoting work here is because I think it's a very necessary topic at the moment, regardless where you are in your business. And it's more of a discussion. I'm not. Please don't take this that I'm trying to push out how you should be quoting. You need to come away from this and take my tips. And this is the, you know, the grade A example on how to quote, that's not what this is about, this is about me sort of passing my, my thoughts on it, how I go by quoting, how I found it being very successful while quoting, and just basically talking about the subject of, because quite often, and I'll talk real numbers as well, I'll, I'll talk about the actual numbers that I'm putting into this, and maybe a couple of the recent numbers if I can. And just to try and share and jump across, because for anyone that hasn't listened from the very start, I do share whatever I can with you, number-wise or about jobs, that can hopefully help you. You know, I'm very open book when it comes to the pricing and the things that people don't normally want to share. It might be a backhanded comment or roughly just sharing this range, and quite often that is the case, but if I can give you some actual numbers of jobs that have been accepted or if you was in touch with me and I, I give you my honest price and I don't think people always realize that, that if you get in touch with me on Instagram, what is often the platform where it happens and you say, hi Jay, um, you know, I'm struggling with this one, I don't know how to quote this job, can you give me a hand and you send me all the pictures and all the information, quite often as soon as I get time, I'll sit down and I'll actually quote out that job as if I was going to be, you know, sending that quote across to the customer. So, That is, you know, I put the effort in and that's what I kind of try and pass across. So if you do ever need a hand and you're in them early stages of your business, then feel free to get in touch and I'm I'm more than happy to help. But another thing just to quickly touch on before I kind of get into the, the, the meat of this podcast here is that you also need to remember that everyone's business costs are slightly different and therefore, and also everyone's lives are slightly different. So they're... Their quotations for their work is again going to be slightly different. So don't be put off if you, are even if you know gardeners, and you you're talking to them and you're going, why am I always a low, low ball like here? Why why don't my quotes get accepted when when I price in like that? You know the clients are different. The way they've run their business is different. They the way they look from the outside in may be different, and also just what goes on in their lives, mortgages, cars. You know how much is their van going a month? Do they have any, have any or many overheads? All these different things have got a huge part of play because you and you know contractor B could be both quoting for the exact same job at two hundred pound each, right? But you might make hundred and fifty pound profit, and contractor B might only make seventy five pound profit. Now. That would be a terrible example of how to quote a job if, you know, you're making less than 50% to, uh, profit on on the job itself. But what I'm getting at is we always talk given price and you need to notice the difference of the price you actually give to someone and the price that's accepted and the price that you actually take home in the back pocket that, you know, pays for your Massively high gas bills or electricity bills or puts fuel in the car or the van, whatever it might be, you know, they, they are different because of what people's overheads are. So don't be sort of tricked into or feel let down about the fact of how your pricing is going because it, there's so many variables to it that you just can't be all over it at the same time and be, you know, 100% on top every single time, you know, within a group of people. And I mean, you might be. There's a percentage out there that might be. But all I'm saying is don't get put down by it. We ever progress and we ever move on. So that's the big thing about this, is sort of helping each other out and going from there. I'm just going to start you off with a quote today uh, on this one for quoting because I think that, funny enough, quote, i working, quote, but um, with a quote of, as in a speaking quote, and that's because a lot of the times things like this, taking a quote or when you hear a phrase it can really stick with you and when you end up facing a certain situation once again it could just take something like this a phrase that someone said or something you've read in a book for you to make a completely different decision instead of quoting 350 pounds for a job and you might end up doubling it for 700 pounds because you just think about so much more and you know it really holds a lot of power to it so I'm just going to start you off by saying your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. I'm just going to say that again for you. Your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. And in this sort of phrase, what I'm saying here is there's a lot of times when we push out about quoting jobs and sending prices. And, you know, just speaking to someone today about it, and they were humming and hawing about a figure <clears throat> that, apologies in my opinion, was a way lower than what they should be going forward with. And, you know, they wanted the work. Quite often it's followed by people that are within the first first year of work or the first six months, and they're still really trying to find the feet of what, what they can get for certain types of work. And, you know, often your value doesn't sit with them, with the client, right? Your value sits with you. You need to be able to make the price what is your price, that works for you that you want to make and it has to work out you know a client that's saying oh that's a bit expensive offer oh, a grass cut 25 pound you kid well my old garden i used to do it for 15 and you know it's just i've got a fantastic actually it just popped in my head scenario about this the lock up center that i've got to so to um storage unit that i've got that I took on this year just so you know, the storage unit for a 20 foot by 10, 20 foot by 8, something like that, is £85 a month I pay. What, as far as I'm aware, is a pretty good price. Usually they're around about the £100 mark. Anyway, when I first tipped up there, he was asked me what I was doing, what I was going to put in the storage, all this sort of stuff. And there's several houses that sort of surround this storage unit uh, centre. And he asked, oh, well, how, how much you charge by the hour? I I went on to explain to this man that the owner of the storage centre that I don't actually charge by hour anymore on these you know these types of jobs. And all it was is to put it in context was maintenance on on these people's gardens. They quite often use the same person. And what they I'm guessing they wanted to do was that because they're in their own little community, is they wanted to charge one gardener or to sorry pay one gardener an hourly figure to get around as many of them houses as quick as they kinda could. It wouldn't be one hour on one house, one hour on the next house. It would be, you know, they all chip in with each other. They pay you an hourly figure and you try and get all their lawns done within two hours, you know, trying to save themselves money. And these are big houses. So anyway, I told this man that I don't do that anymore. and. When I he, when he did say, "Well, how much would your hourly figure be?" I said, "I'd go in at about thirty pounds an hour for the maintenance," and he's like, "Oof!" and he he raised his eyebrows, and he goes, "Oh, well, well, that's a bit more than the last man," and and I says, "Well, do you mind me asking how much the last man was?" Uh, well, he goes, "Oh, well, well, the new man that's coming in that we've been speaking to, he he's just under twenty five pounds an hour. Uh, I think it was something like twenty two pounds an hour." And I says, oh, well, I definitely wouldn't be able to match that. So I says, no problems. Like, you know, I'm I'm very busy anyway. And he says, you oh, seen my reaction to it. He's seen, you know, my old posture and everything. Because so I went on to explain from this point that I was like, well, you've got to understand that, you know, by the time you've paid the tax man, you could see I had a brand new Ford Transit Custom there. I said, you pay for your, your van lease to go on the road. I says, the batteries are, you know, anywhere between two and 500 pound each. Um, plus all the equipment that I've got inside, I says it all adds up. And he was like, No, no, I'm totally aware. He says, Well, the guy before that, that's been doing it for a lot of years, he was actually only twelve fifty an hour. And I thought, Geez, really, like, how is anyone making a wage this day and age on twelve fifty an hour? You know, self-employed. So I don't know who this guy was. I don't know what kind of reputation he had. I've never heard of him. Never seen him. But I'm guessing. No offence to all the old boys out there, but I'm guessing he's just an old boy that was maybe doing some cash and arm work. But, right, back to that quote, someone's inability to see your worth, you know, that's my figure. I stuck at it. As soon as that guy was like, oh, 22, you know, there's people that in need, and I get it, sometimes you just need the work where you do potter down. You do just, you want that job. You just need that work in because getting something is better than getting nothing. And I understand that but it would be very easy in that moment and time to go oh well if that's what he's at then you know i i suppose i could just drop it to 20 pounds an hour if there is five houses like it was and you know it puts you in that situation of should you do that yes i know you need the money but then what happens if five people get in touch with you the following week willing to pay 30 pounds an hour but now that you are set up in this this ring of you know this commitment over these clients you've either got a fierce ear turning now going back to them and saying unfortunately i'm gonna to have to scrap my court. i can't you know provide a service for you anymore or you've got a let go of the potential of you know turning down these other higher paid jobs because they do value your experience your hard work your ethic your professionalism you know how you are as a person that that's the difference and it will come along and it's really just a quote that I want you to just to remember there. Your value doesn't decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. Okay, your value stays the same. You are you and your price is yours. So anyway, there is two main types. Three if you want to include um ways of quoting a job. And that's what I'm just gonna get into here. So the main ones that we've sort of spoken about before is hourly. Okay, so that's having a fixed a fixed price in your head of how much you would charge, and you charge that per the hour. What I know sounds like I'm just teaching you to suck eggs here, yeah, but I'm not, I'm just speaking this through. So, hourly, where you might slap on, like I said, there 30 pounds an hour, and a, if it takes you three hours, then that's 90 pounds, you know, and that's the way that one works. What I will say with hourly is you need to be careful to that you're not missing out too much because obviously like the next type here is per job you can quote as an overall figure and whether you're there for 15 minutes or you're there for two and a half hours you know that price could be the same the main thing that's throughout it all is that you're making profit regardless where you are okay or regardless where you're standing at and you're going in with that price you need to still sort of make the profit there if it does take that higher end of the spectrum so if you're pricing per job you want to if you think, oh, well, on a really bad day, that could take me four hours, then you need to be pricing that, at you know, going on a £30 an hour basis, yeah, you need to be pricing that at £120 per visit, and just having that in your head that, worst case scenario, that's what it could be, even on a regular basis. Whereas, if you go there and it only takes you two hours, half the time, you know, that's your win, that's how you make the, the better profits, and, you know, we spoke about this on one of the recent podcasts on the interview, speaking about limiting beliefs uh, with Tom there. And uh, the case with this is we often put prices in our head that acts as a ceiling that stops us progressing, you know, up the ladder, as you will. Okay. It's almost like someone's shutting the loft door on you with a price cap. You know, you going up that loft ladder and boom, there's nowhere else for you to go. And you just... Your limiting belief is that that's all you can charge on that. And it just isn't the case. The world's you oyster in this in this uh, scenario. And whether you're pricing per job or whether you're doing it hourly, as I've said before, that's got to be your price. So there is certain times when I would sort of choose one over another. Quite often when you speak to anyone with it, a lot of experience or that's been doing this for many years, they all come away from an hourly rate. And that is often due to the the fact that it caps you, you know, if you're only working 8 hours a day and then you've got your travel time in between, even if you didn't have any travel time in between that let's say you're working 8 hours a day, you can only make you know, 8 hours worth of wage, so I mean in that in that um scenario there 8 times 30 would be 240, so you're capped to that 240 rate now, yes, in my, in my opinion if I was earning 240 a day, every single day would I be happy Of course I would. You know, for where I am at the moment, I'll be more than happy with that. But the difference being is that when you've got that fixed price, uh, sorry, when you've got the per job, you are then, you can make that in a morning, you know, and you could still progress forward. So you really need to see where you sit with them. But often, like I was saying, the case there is only, even though people dismiss it, I still think it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic chance to have constant work where you know where you're going to start and you know where you're going to finish and quite often if i'm ever quoting hourly work it's often work that will run throughout the whole year so these are gardens that you know they don't just have a lawn to cut they've also got shrubs they've got hedges they've got maybe some tree work that will need to be done some planting that they have done through certain times or transplanting over in the winter periods whatever it might be, they're often the gardens where I'll kind of have that factored in. And that works for me. That might not work for you and you might, you know, sh- shun that a little bit. But for me, that works fine. Now, for the poor jobs, when this comes in really sort of helpful, is if you know exactly, down to a T what you're going to be doing on that property, how long things are going to be taking. And basically, if, if you don't have a lot of time left on your, on your calendar, in your diary to sort of pan out these longer jobs and if you want to make as much money as you can in the smaller amounts of time per job all the way and it's quite often how you sell this to a client is the way if they'll accept it or not. So quite often I think a client will always think hold on let's just use a round number here £100 per visit and they go but you're only here 45 minutes you know this visit now you need to still justify what you're doing in this is the way it works in my head that if you're going to be visiting a property property and you're only going to be there 45 minutes some weeks but you might be there two and a half hours three hours another week then you need to be looking at what the type of work that you're going to be doing and what's set out for you to do right because if you're only going to be there 45 minutes can you justify to an extent you know If there's still stuff to be done majorly then I can't see how you could get out that property so quick. Now there is a matter of trust here with between you and your client. It's a client knowing that you're not trying to just take them for a ride and you know run away with the money. It might be a seasonal change so they might have hedges there that need done but it might be nesting season. They might have birds there nesting away and you can't touch them. That's fine. You know it might be They've got daffodils or tulips that have just died back. Or they're on the way to dying back, but they're not quite there. You think that it's still going to be shown for another two weeks. So the client might look out and go, well, he could have done that this visit, but you know yourself the reasons why. I'm not saying that you need to tell your client all of this, but it's just being aware of what might be going through their heads when you choose one of these types of quotations. Because quoting for an hourly basis is straightforward. I think this will take me 4 hours so therefore I think it will be one well it will the price will be 120 pound even with that when you're quoting hourly you don't need to tell the clients that that is because you're going to be there for 4 hours i made this mistake pretty early on where every time i charged a day rate i had this very bad habit of constantly telling them oh well it'll be a day rate for me to do that job and they'll be like, oh dear, it, what's that? And I'll say, it's 200, 250 pounds, whatever it might be. And I'll be there from 8 o'clock in the morning till, you know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it might be. And, you know, I you then feel this pull of you've told them how much they're going to pay you, and you've told them the exact hours that you're going to be there. So if you do finish two, three hours early, then they might have some sort of, oh, well. It's not a day rate if you've if it's only been three quarters of a day. You know, not that that ever happened to me, but it was just this bad habit of telling them that's a day rate. Instead of when you visit these properties and you quote these jobs, you're almost cho- uh, choosing to not throw yourself under a bus, but what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a place where you can be questioned. Okay, so everything when it comes to managing customers' expectations and providing these quotes is how you actually talk to that client, how you actually sell your service and how you actually put it across as a whole package. So you need to kind of keep them sort of things things in the front of your mind when you come towards to do these quotes. The other one kind of sidelined here is per service. So this might be if you're doing treatments or spraying. So you might spray a property or an area twice a year. Right, you might also have your minimums for, the, for these areas. So that's obviously another, another way that you can go in and quote is that having service costs okay, and have them as set packages almost. So there are the main sort of couple of types there with, with the sideline of per service. Now, a couple of additional factors that I kind of want you to think about when you're building your quote. So now that we know that you can quote hourly or per job as the main two, or, like I say, per service. The additional factors when you're coming through this that you need to think of that some people may forget is the wear on equipment. So often when you go and you quote a job, you might think, I want to earn £100 in the back pocket for this job. I've got to give, you know, 20% of the tax man and it's going to cost me £10 of fuel to get there and that be it, all right? And then you go for it, you make your money and that's all well and good. But quite often you forget that if you're tipping up to a job and you've got two acres to trim, or it's very heavy brush that, yeah, you know, these machines are designed for it, especially at the commercial end. But you've got to remember that at some point, your bit of kit is going to give up, okay? Either the motor's going to go or it's going to get damaged or something's going to happen where it's not going to be as effective one day, whether it's, you know, two years down the line or whether it's seven years down the line. It's not going to be as effective as, it, as what you need it to be and what it is right now. So you're going to have the wear and equipment. That's going to need replaced one day. You can't keep on taking that out your profits. Next one, like I said there, travel time. That's an easy one. Whenever you're traveling to anywhere, you should put some form of um, travel charge to it. Depending on how far it is, for myself, I usually do it around a pound a mile um, there and back. Now, I know some people do this from the doorstep, but in my case, the way I've planned it is that I live right in the middle of the nearest city and the nearest sort of large town. So, I travel to both of them for free, to the to the main sort of centre, and then I do my pricing from the centre of them two areas outwards. Okay, And the reason I do that is, quite often, I'm in them areas anyway. I could bring it back to my home location. And if it was a per job as a whole, I would still I would bring it back to my own location. But if I'm out for a full day, I'll often quote it from, you know, the center of one of these towns. So the way I do this is that if you lived in either Elgin or Forest, in my regard, as the two names, then you wouldn't get a travel charge. It's free to travel to either of them two. But as soon as you then move out of there, that's when I kind of bring in that price charge. Now, that's for me. Like I say... And that might not work for a lot of years. And you might have to sit in traffic for longer times or whatever else might be. So you do it from the house till you get back to the house. And that's absolutely fine. But it's something that you need to bear in mind because it's not just free time. Okay, fuel is absolutely through the roof. I mean, I don't think we're in the worst places, but today for, you know, four-fifths of a tank maybe it was, cost me something around £94, I think. And... Yeah, so with a bit of fuel in there, and it's still costing you that much, it's really something that we need to stay alert of and be willing to bring into the job so that we can push it in them quotes. You've also got waste away, what's a big one? If there's ever waste, that needs to be factored into the quote. Your materials, that's another obvious one, that if you're using anything, not only, quite often if you're going to use your materials, the only time I kind of... I do price up on certain things, mark up the price, not by, you know, too much of a figure, but enough to cover me traveling to get that item to pick it up from whatever garden centre or industrial service it might be, or whether it's time that I've had to take to sort of order it through a, a production line or through online, whatever it might be, any hassle with doing it, I just make sure the markup covers it. But some people I get don't put any money on that at all. I remember the interview with. Chris, the country college gardener, he would say that the materials that he bought in for fencing or whatnot, you know, that was his price. He didn't charge, you know, a 50% extra on his purchase fee. You know, what he bought them as is what he'd done the job at. And that's how he works his. But there'll be many people out there that just work these in separate ways. And it's just something to think about to kind of pull into them quotes to make it all happen. Now, this is a big one for me. And it's something I'm so conscious about. And it's because I have got this terrible feeling through the years of sort of tabbing up hills and running with equipment and crawling all over the place, you know, through the times in the military, that I just feel like one day, unfortunately, I'm going to be plagued with, you know, aches, pains, back aches, whatever, you know, I, I can see you coming. So the big one here is wear on the body. Now, what will also adjust my quote and what I've really tried to bring into this is if I've got a job and I know that it's going to be a lot of pain on the body, you know, a lot of wear, a lot of strain, let's just say, I don't know, I was strimming before I had a a Bullhorn handled strimmer and I was just using a D handle. If someone came to me and said, right, we've got three acres to strim, you know, I know how I'll be feeling after that. So I would put on a little surplus charge there of whatever the amount is that would suit you because I know that I'm going to be in bits afterwards and I know that one day that's going to cripple me, you know, doing that sort of thing. Same as with the hedges where you're going overhead a lot. Um, you know, your deltoids are going to end up playing up your rotator cuffs, They're all going to sort of play up one day through all the strain that you're going to have, especially if you're using things like, you know, fuel equipment and you're dealing with them vibrations for a lot of time then it's honestly it's gonna bite you one day where you're gonna end up with arthritis or you're gonna slip a disc or something's gonna, you know, pain you and you'll have nothing put to one side. Yeah. You'll have no hopefully if everyone's switched on enough, you'll have something like within your health insurance you'll have um what's it called? It's like out of money, um like out of work pay. I can't remember the actual phrase. But basically, if you get man down sick, then, or if you're off work for two weeks because of an illness or whatever else, then you get covered a certain amount. But if you haven't got anything like that in place, and you end up being out of work for you know, two, three months, then you need to make sure there's something in that back pocket. And you can't do that if you're undercutting yourself on your own jobs by not thinking of these sort of factors. So this all tends to be just sort of a percentage game, and as and when I sort of see jobs I think that's going to be either a bit hard on the body, or you know my, my equipment's going to take a a massive hammering doing all that sort of stuff, then I will round up that price a little bit more. And you don't need to think, well, what if you get call, like called out or whatever it whatever it is? At the end of the day, your price is your price, and that's something that you really need to to remember and stand by with yourself is that regardless where you are and you know one thing i love actually that's made me kind of think is scott elwood SE <clears throat> landscape and he's on youtube check him out he does a lot of commercial work he's very knowledgeable very helpful as well uh, he's helped me out numerous times so he talks about sort of taking on work in the commercial side a lot of this sort of stuff and you know he often talks about that the last few jobs that have come through he will Up his price, you know, he's probably happy with a figure below that, but he's added a bit more onto it, to almost hoping that it's going to get turned down, and they've been coming back to to actually accept them. So sometimes you need to not just get trapped by thinking that your highest is the highest that it can go, because I can guarantee you, if you're all if there's five tradesmen quoting for for the same job, you know there might be three that's around about the same price they'll probably be one way below and they'll be one way up high and quite honestly you know the guy that's been way up high he's probably won enough jobs that that pays off for him so i'm not saying be the highest bidder in the room but i'm just saying be the be the person quoting what you need to quote to get you by so when you're dealing with clients Clients learn how to treat you based on what you accept from them, right? So what I mean by this is when you're speaking to a client or when you're actually on a job and you've quoted for a job, let's say it is the lawn, the shrubs down the side of the garden and the border in front of the window, right? And that's what the quote is because the border at the back of the garden doesn't look bad, right? So the client only wants the front border, the shrubs and the lawn done. You do all them jobs and that's priced in for again, round figure, one hundred pound. You're there, you're gonna end up you know, coming back four times a year is what they've asked for. Just as a little tidy up. They keep on top of the garden, but they know that you know they're a bit old, they might need a bit of help, extra help four times a year, and you're happy to do that. And this is just all, you know, argument sake, yeah. So you do that at a hundred pound a visit. But on that first visit you're there, they actually go Oh, actually, Jay, you know, I know we said a hundred pound, but or actually, not even mentioned that. Oh, actually, Jay, I've just know I know you're just about to finish, but we just seen the border at the back there, and we just thought, don't suppose you know, because you're running ahead of time a little bit, you could just, you know, squeeze that in and just, you know, herd over and and take out some of the weeds for us. And the, there's actually just one plant there that you know that we need to transplant over to the other side because there's a bit more sun that hits that side of the border, you know at that moment, if you go, yeah, no bother, Bill, you know, I'll go do that for you straight away, then you could be setting a trade for yourself where they might not know that they're, you know, taking it out of you a little bit, but, so they might be doing it a bit unconsciously, but if you accept at that time and say, yeah, that's no problem, you're a good person, good on you, that's fine, you know, I've done it before, but what might, you've got to realise what trait you might be setting is that the next time you come back and you do it, they hold you to that £100 and then there's a different job that they'll actually want you to do. You know, it can just involve, it can bring in, you know, that scope of how that customer can treat you. You know, I think everyone loves, I mean, who doesn't love getting value for the money? You know, does anyone go into a restaurant where they get one of them refillable cups? You know, you have a glass of Coke or whatever it might be. You take your drink with your meal. You end up like, whoa, that's me, done. But you've only had one glass and you've paid for a refillable. So before you go, you go back by the tap, fill it up again and go, you know, I'm gonna get my money's worth, yeah? And you have a little extra drink before you go. Everyone loves to get more for the money, as much for the money as what they physically can. And your clients are no different, right? So just be aware that when you are there, the trends you set in the beginning of these quotes and how much you stick by your own quote, that is gonna sort of carry through. So if you have, my advice would be is if it's a hundred pound for that, for them three things that we've said, and he has to do it say, well actually because I'm ahead of time, I've actually got to be to the next job because I'm gonna be finishing late enough today anyway. Although if you do want me to do it while I am here, you know, it would be an extra 25 pound for the hassle you know, £25 to carry out that job for you. And, you know, I'm sure 50% of the time they'll say, yeah, crack on, do it, You'll just add it to the invoice. You know, so you just got to bear that in mind. Now, how to make the most out your quotes. So this is, when you're putting these forward, how can you try and get the most amount of money for what you've asked for? And the first one, what I love doing and having, because it's such an easy fallback, is having a bottom figure. Okay, so with grass cutting, it is £25. Treatments, £20. Renovations, £150. Right? Having these bottom line figures so that if you do walk into a very tiny garden and you're like, if this is this all it is? You know, there's not the client being like, it'll only take you two minutes, it's really small, and then trying to haggle you down before you've even got there, you've spoke to them and you've said, yep, well, we start out grass cutting from 25 pounds. Would you still like us to come out for the consultation? You know, if they're saying yes and you get there and it is a 20-meter squared garden, very small, then they know what to expect. They're, they're very unlikely going to get you down to that job knowing what your bottom line is just to say no for the sake of it. So... Having that bottom line and that bottom figure in, in your company across all your services is a massive help, especially in the beginning when you're just trying to find your way with things and find your confidence with speaking to clients and managing these conversations. It's Having that bottom line is excellent. So what I would say is if you do have services that you really focus on, it might be Torprey, it might be Hedges and Garden Clearances or you know, treatments or spraying or power washing, whatever it is, set yourself a bottom figure. I do not get out my van and set up my pressure washer for anything less than 80 pounder eighty pounder property. Apologies. All this talking, it gets to my throat. Um, Yeah, for 80 pounder property. So what you're doing is you're setting that there so when people look on your website and they try and search it through Google or they give you that phone call, It's something you can say straight away where you know you're not wasting your time. Because there's nothing worse than when you tip up to a property and you think even a client will be very interested in paying and they've got a large enough garden and you think it might be really good money, where then they turn around and they thought it was actually going to only cost them peanuts. Okay, because you're just a gardener. Because you're just cutting their grass. Because you're just trimming a hedge. You know, all these things of... And it's not all them out there and they're the clients, you'll, you'll learn to swerve. But in the beginning, it's just a great aid to be able to get around all of that and save yourself time. So you've got to know the difference between what you are getting and what you deserve. Now, this is the kind of thing that I'm going to be ending on here because it wraps it all up. Knowing the difference between what you are getting and what you deserve. Sit back. How many is out there that are listening to this podcast now? And I'm guessing most of you are in the industry. Look down at what you earned last month, the month of April, from the first to the very last day. Are you happy with that? When you take, If you've got QuickBooks, I don't know how many of you know about it, but you can literally go on a report what is down on the left-hand side for anyone that uses, uh, uses QuickBooks, and that will take you through to basically all the reports that you can run, you go profit and loss, and that will, you change the dates at the top, run the report, and it will tell you literally the whole breakdown, how much you've put towards expenses, and all the rest of it. And it'll give you that final net figure that you've earned, that, that's, that money is yours, you know, prior to tax, but still, that's the money that you're actually earning, apart from anything else. Do that. Have a look at April's. Are you happy with that figure? Is that Does that figure sit well with you that you're actually meeting your own expectations and you're happy with it where you are? Because if you're not, you need to go back to how you're quoting your jobs because that's where it comes from. Because you put someone else in your position and the only thing that changes is that they're using all the same equipment, they're traveling to all the same areas, but when they turn up to a job and they quote it, they're going by it in a different way. So it's something that you've really kind of got to look into and try and sort of zone in on. I hope this has kind of sort of helped you. It's been a bit of a ramble on on the aspect of, you know, everything that's surrounding quoting. I did do a podcast quite a while ago, and I'm not gonna, sh- I'm not too sure if I'll be able to find it for you just now to to name drop the episode. Let me see if I quickly can for you. And it was an episode called Owly versus per job pricing. And it was episode 006. So this was uh, recorded in June 2021 that I'm looking at now. And it's a 45-minute podcast where I'm talking about the benefits of both pricing per hour and pricing per the job. Benefits, the negatives, all that sort of stuff. So if if you are interested in that at all, then go back and check out that episode of 006 and sort of tell me what you think. And... Yeah, I just hope it's been of some benefit somewhere along the line. The overall sort of topic of all this, I know, is quoting. I just want you to get across things that might help benefit you. Might sort of, if you're not thinking about them already, we we very much so get fixed in chucking prices out. And although I've said all this with them different things to keep in mind, the additional factors sometimes a price just feels right. And that's something else that you've got to learn to sort of, to zone in on and get used to, to feeling. Because the more you you sort of carry on with the experience of it all, you'll price up a job and go, "That's what it is on paper," but you'll get a good feeling and you go, "That doesn't feel right." There's something about that job, don't know quite what it is, but I know that I need to add twenty percent of that job. You know, and you'll just do it. You'll get in a habit of doing it, and you'll end up covering yourself in them certain situations. But that comes with time. So anyway, everyone, I just want to thank you for tuning in on Saturday's episode here. I hope that it's going to be of some help. And if you are out there and your phone's ringing, and even over the weekend that you're listening now, or whenever you're listening, I hope this sort of brings a bit of a bit of relief, a bit of guidance towards some external factors to think about instead of just saying, yeah, that's, you know, Pick that out the clouds there. This is the number that I'm going to give you for, for this type of job. Hopefully it gives a bit of backing on, on how it will go forward with doing the quote. But just make sure that you cover everything. Okay, There's your profit in there first and foremost of what you want to make. And then base everything else around that. I want to make £150, 300 600 whatever it is, on this job. That's what I want to take home. But then I've got to take away waste, add that on. Then I've got the time traveling. I've got the tax man. I'm going to add a percentage on for him. You know, all these different things, you know, travel times, difficult customer, whatever it might be, add them in there on top of what you want to make as your profit. Then that is your price. You know. So, anyway, thank you very much for joining me once again. I know I've just said it, but it is really appreciated. Take care. I hope you have a fantastic week. And I hope to join you next week again on Saturday's episode, what will be our 50th episode. What I am absolutely buzzing about. You know, I'm saying it very early on because we're halfway there, but I can't wait to sort of be recording the 100th episode and seeing where we're sitting with the world of it all, because this community is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we're growing week by week. The listeners are there and, I just want to be able to push out this help and just have people come on and share their experiences, so the interviews are always really well um, well received. What I would say is if you're out there, you're whatever in the industry, even if you're a hobbyist, then get in touch with me. reach out on Instagram jrocklonke and Gordon, or send me an email on jrocklc at g- gmail.com. and you know we'll have a chat, and if you want to come on the podcast. can arrange it so anyway take care thanks for tuning in again and all the best